0: What we treasure. He said not to store up our treasures on earth because they're not going to last. They're going to get corrupted. They're going to get stolen. They're going to um, rest. They're going to get eaten by moths. They're going to disappear. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. We cannot serve two masters. We cannot serve material things and the Lord Jesus Christ because he said we will either love the one and loathe the other. So, He comes to a portion of Scripture now where he says, therefore. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. He's spoken about all of these priorities. He's spoken about storing up treasures in heaven and not on earth. He's talked about um, not uh, having two masters, not um, uh, trying to serve God and mammon. And then he says, therefore. And any time we see a therefore, we see what it's there for. It is connecting what the Lord Jesus Christ has just said. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Store them up in heaven. Don't try and serve mammon and God because you can't do it. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, not yet for your body what you shall put on. It is, it is not the life more than the meat and the body than raiment. I am going to preach about something tonight that every single one of you have done at some point or another. And yes, I am speaking to myself. Because this is so convicting, because as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, the amount of times I've heard somebody say, if you worry, then you are not trusting God. You know, it's difficult as a pastor when you go to the doctors because you're feeling a little bit, Strained and stressed, and the doctor says, You are suffering from anxiety. And I'm like, No, I'm not, because the Bible says, be careful for nothing, be anxious for nothing. But by everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Does worry disqualify us from being a Christian? Of course it doesn't. But it is something that every single one of us has done at some point or another, regardless of age, regardless of whether you are little. Um, Joe used to say when she was three or four, sat in the back of Dad's van doing the grocery deliveries, um, that she would worry that if the door suddenly flew open and she fell out, she'd be in a whole heap of trouble. So little ones can worry about stuff. And I know the older we get, we just worry about different stuff. But we still worry. And when we we mention worry and stress, normally we think of adults. But kids, we mentioned that this morning, even kids today, um, worry about things. And they worry about things that we never, as youngsters, had to worry about. Stress causes so many issues with our health. It causes the heart rate to go up, it causes the arteries to constrict, which in turn increases the blood pressure. Increased blood pressure can lead to heart attacks and stroke. Worry and stress can increase your cholesterol, which can lead, again, to hardening of the arteries. Stress increases your sugar levels in the blood. Uh, Stress can weaken the body's immune system. Uh, It can make your body more susceptible to different diseases. And all of these stress factors are created by worrying about our problem. We worry about our health, and in turn, we make ourselves have bad health. Worry is so debilitating. Who remembers um, a song written in 1988 by a one-hit hit, one hit wonder, uh, Bobby McFerrin? Um, I'm going to do the first part of the song this week and the second part of the song next week. So it goes something like this. You know it now? (laughs) Don't worry, be happy. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to hear it note for note, so don't worry. In every life we have some trouble, but when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. So you're welcome to have that little earworm in your uh, that um, you were mine now all night. So we're going to look at don't worry this week. Next week we're going to look at be happy. But that's easier said than done. It's easier to say don't worry about it. You know, you can go to the doctor and say, Lord, doctor, I'm, I'm stressed, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm staying awake at night, and I'm having all of these thoughts, and I'm worrying, I'm worrying, and worrying. And it's easy for the doctor to say, don't worry about it. You know, just kind of take it easy, remove the stress. It's almost impossible because the minute you start worrying about something, your mind just goes 10 to the dozen. And then you're worrying about things you never even realized you were worried about. And you're like, where does that come from now? And it can keep us awake at night. It can keep us stressed for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, therefore I say unto you, Take no thought. Don't worry. So here's my question tonight. Is that even a possibility? Is that a possibility for us to turn around and say, I am not going to worry about anything. Take no thought. Therefore I say to you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body. What you shall put on is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment. Father, we thank you for this time together this evening and for this passage of Scripture. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to apply this to our hearts and to our lives. This is something that every single one of us has done at some point in our lives. We have worried about our health, we have worried about our family, we've worried about our jobs, we've worried uh, about our finances, we've worried about our homes, we've worried about our future, we've worried about our schoolwork, we've worried uh, uh, about a whole host of things. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight to be able to cast our cares, to be able to cast our worries upon you, to be anxious, to be careful for nothing but to be able to come to you in prayer and to place all of our burdens, all of our worries upon you. All our burdens, all our cares, Lord, we ask that you would take them this evening and that you would enable us to free our minds and to release our minds from the burden of worry, which leads to the dangers of stress. So Lord, would you just help us this evening? You have given us a... Uh, the counsel in this verse to take no thought for our life. So we're asking tonight that you would help us to do just that. We don't want to be worry warts. We don't start out our life planning on being a worrywart and worrying about everything. Lord, sometimes it comes easy and it comes natural to us. We don't want to do that. Help us, Lord, when a worrying thought crosses our mind that we are able to put it into your hands to put it on your shoulders because your shoulders are able to bear far greater burdens than ours. Father, we just pray that you'd help us this night. We pray that you would grant us that peace, that the world cannot offer a peace that passes all understanding that can only come from the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So we are claiming that promise tonight, Lord, and we ask that you would help us as we look at this matter of don't worry. We pray and ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. So as we said earlier, when you see a therefore, Pastor Ed always used to say when he was preaching, when you see a therefore in the scripture, you find out what it's therefore. And this is just connecting what the Lord Jesus Christ has already been talking about. He's been talking about earthly Treasures. He's been talking about um, serving two masters, and he says, Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought. The phrase take no thought uh, literally comes from a Greek word which means to fret, to be anxious, to worry, or to be burdened with care. It comes from a Greek word which literally means to cut in half, to divide into pieces to be pulled in different directions and that is exactly what worry does to us worry literally tears us apart because and I you know I'm just speaking for myself for, for this moment when I was struggling just after um, I think it was the year after covid uh, and I was struggling and battling a little bit you literally felt torn in two especially as a believer because you think I'm not meant to worry God's not given us the spirit of fear. He's given us the spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. So we're not meant to be fearful. We're not meant to be fretful. We're not meant to be worrying about anything because he said, be careful, be anxious for nothing. So as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we literally feel torn apart because we know I shouldn't be worrying. But yet here I am lying awake at night playing out all of these different scenarios in my mind, unable to sleep, constantly battling because it's on my mind day after day after day, every waking hour. And we literally feel like we are splitting into factions. And that's what worry does to us. It literally tears us apart. Studies have found that the most dangerous day for heart attacks is Monday. Monday. So can I just say to everybody, enjoy tomorrow. Monday is the most stressful day of the week for most people that were studied. When a person worries, their peace of mind and ability to focus on the right thing literally tears them apart. And instead of keeping their eyes focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, um, they focus on things that cannot satisfy so the Lord has given us the counsel here. Therefore, take no thought for your life. Do not worry. Do not uh, be anxious. Do not be burdened with cares because you will be torn apart. And you can see that tearing apart in the fact that the average person crucifies himself between two thieves. The regret of yesterday and the worry of tomorrow. Christ is not forbidding proper attention to material needs. He's not saying you shouldn't think about clothing and you shouldn't think about raiment and you shouldn't think about food and provisions. He's not saying that. Christ is um, uh, not advocating a lazy attitude to life to say, well, if the Lord wants it to happen, then it'll happen. And if he doesn't want it to happen, what he's forbidding is a worried fear that's, simply sucks all the joy out of our lives. Christ is not teaching you that we're not to think about and take proper action in regards to food and, uh, food, and, food, and clothing. Uh, it's the consuming concerns that these things have. Eve is, is my worrier. Um, Eve, and as, as a student, she will phone up and say, Dad, Dad, the cell by date, I had... I, I had a pack of ham, and, and the sell-by date was today, and I ate it. Is that going to be okay? Like Eve, you'll be, you be fine. If the ham doesn't suddenly turn around and go, oh, it's midnight on the twenty-fourth. That's it. And then there's other people. There's other people. I can say, I can show you some pictures that Sid and Jamie send me, which are like, really oh yeah, this sell-by date was, you know, 2019, but we scraped the mold off the top and it tasted fine. Don't worry. It's that old missionary prayer, isn't it, when you pray and asking the Lord to bless your food, Lord, I'll get it down if you can keep it down. It's a complete difference. Eve is like, oh, the sell-by date is up in like 30 seconds. It's, it's 11.59 and 30 seconds. Am I going to be okay to eat this packet of ham? And then say and Jamie, like, ah, it's only three years out of the date. It'll be fine. But sometimes we worry about absolutely everything. If the word thought did not mean anxiety in our text, then the Lord Jesus Christ would be rather unreasonable when he says, take no thought for your life. He's not saying that your life is not important. Take no thought for what you shall eat. He's not saying that, you know, we we shouldn't think about looking after our bodies and and eating properly. He's not saying, take no thought for what you shall put on. Uh, The word is anxious. Don't be anxious, don't be worrying, um, so that you're torn apart about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll put on, um, because the scripture tells us that we are to think of these things. 1 Timothy 5.8 says, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied his faith, and is worse than an infidel. What the Lord is talking about here is the fact that we spend is the fact that we spend too much time worrying about things. You look at t- t- um, today now when you have um, you know, magazines and you are told that you have to look a certain way. You know, our kids are like literally killing themselves to look like these people on magazines and they don't look like that without being airbrushed. You know, and the things you can do with computers. You see them in real person. You see the the picture on the magazine. You're like, completely different people. But we are literally struggling to look a certain way and act a certain way. And as a result, then, that's what the Lord is talking about. Don't worry yourself to death to look a certain way like that. Sometimes we have tunnel vision. Those who ignore the spiritual needs, you know, they don't care uh, about the importance of what's, you know, the eternal things. Like the Lord said, you stored up heavenly treasures, not earthly treasures. Stop serving mammon, not just money, but material things. Therefore, don't be anxious about these things. Don't be fretful, worrying, and letting this be a burden on your life, because that'll only lead to covetousness. And covetousness will only cheapen our riches and it'll also cheapen us. In the Greek, the command, take no thought, includes the idea of stopping what is already being done. So the Lord is saying to you right now, even if you are worrying, you can still stop. And it is possible to stop. It is possible um, to to get this uh, right. We have to stop worrying about it. But how quickly it comes back into our mind. How quickly the process starts all over again. The one minute we think we've finally got a handle on this. Yes, we've finally conquered this particular um, trial, this particular difficulty, this particular worry. And it's like one step forward and three, four, five steps back. But then we start again. And then we start again. And then we start again. Take no thought. The phrase for your life is an all-inclusive, comprehensive, all-encompassing thing, meaning meaning everything about us, the physical, uh, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, our health. Christ is referring to life in its fullest possible sense. Absolutely nothing in any aspect of our lives, internal or external, justifies our worry and anxiousness When we're a child of God, now, that doesn't mean that everything goes our way. It doesn't mean that everything goes smoothly. But what it means is that we have somebody that we can turn to. To say, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't know why this has come into my life. I I don't know why this is happening to me. I, I feel like this is unfair. But you've told me to cast my cares on you. You've told me to be careful, to be anxious for nothing. Lord, if this difficulty is in my life, and you've told me not to worry about it, then you are going to have to give me the strength to be able to conquer that particular burden that is absolutely driving me to distraction. The command, take no thought, appears three times in this short passage. In verse 25, the Lord said, Therefore I send you, Take no thought for your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. Then in verse 31, he says, Therefore take no thought, saying what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or whether with shall we be clothed. And in verse 34, he says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Three times the Lord says, take no thought. Three times the Lord says, don't worry. Don't be anxious. Don't be fretful. Stop tearing yourself apart. The repetition is significant and it must not be ignored. Repetition not only emphasizes the weightiness of what the Lord is saying, it also emphasizes the slowness of our ability to follow through on what the Lord is telling us. Have you ever had a, a, a child that takes more than once to be told to do something? You've got to tell him once and then twice and then again and again and again and again. Wouldn't it be great if the Lord just told us something one time and we got it and we understood it and we applied it? He knows. He knows how difficult this is. I can promise you this. Hebrews tells us that we don't have a high priest who has not been tempted in all points like we attempted. I wonder if those 40 days in the wilderness as he, as he was tempted continuously by the devil, Maybe he had to remind himself, take no thought. Be anxious for nothing. Because if he was tempted in all points like we are, he knows the battle that goes on in the mind. You imagine on the cross of Calvary as all the people walk past wagging their heads, shaking their heads, shaking their fingers, wagging their tongues, mocking him, berating him. Think there was a point? when the Lord thought oh what is happening my God my God why hast thou forsaken me three times the Lord says don't worry don't worry don't worry sometimes that's easier said than done because we worry about Everything. Maybe we dignify worry by calling it different things. Maybe we call it a burden. Maybe we call it a cross to bear. Maybe we just call it concern. But instead of helping us, worry will actually hinder us. Uh, Matthew thirteen twenty-two says here, this is the, the parable of the seed, of the sower and the seed. It says, He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. The word worry literally means, or originally meant to choke. So when we worry, we are actually choking the word of God, uh, that it's not having the impact that it should have, in our lives. God wants us to trust him. God wants us to trust him to take care of us, to be content with what we already have in our lives, lest we be strangled and choked by our worries. So not only does worry tear us apart, it literally strangles us. Perhaps I shouldn't say this. Anybody anybody got older siblings? I, I know I've asked this before, older siblings. Anybody ever play fight? Okay. Did they ever do this to you where... I'm making my brother in trouble now, but good, he deserves it. Where they, they literally... Uh, have you two done that? Is that were you're giggling? I tell you, what, it's not a good thing. It's frightening. And my brother be giggling. He was so heavy. He'd be giggling. He'd put his whole weight... He's seven years older than me. Oh. And he was a big lump. because when he was in Form 2, I think he played rugby for Form 5. So what's that, uh, Year 8? When he was in Year 8, he played for whatever Form 5 is, Year 11. So he was big. And that weight on your chest, that constricting feeling not pleasant, you literally can't say, stop, get off. And when we worry, we literally choke the words of God completely away from us to the point that verses can even come into our our mind and they don't make a blind bit of difference. They don't have the comfort that they normally have. You know when the Bible says to, to hide the Word of God in our hearts so we might not sin against Him, that the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance the Word at the right time, when we're at the point of worrying so much, we literally choke the Word of God right out of us. It's been uh, somebody far more intelligent than me has done this, but it's been reported. Uh, you ever driven through really dense fog, um, we, were, we were driving from, um, from the Atlanta airport one um, morning, and we were going up to Hannah's. Um, from, so we were going from Atlanta up to Knoxville. And we came to this area, um, and we would passed it so many times, and it, there were these warning signs everywhere saying um, that there was the possibility of fog. We'd never, ever seen fog in the emptying times that we'd driven this road. And the last time we went in March, the fog was so thick, that you literally could not see just a few feet in front of you. Studies have shown that um, a dense fog, enough to cover one square mile, a hundred feet deep, the fog is composed of less than one glass of water. Um, It is divided into millions and millions of droplets, and in the right form, Just a few gallons of water can cripple an entire city. In the same way, the substance of worry is nearly always extremely small compared to the size that it forms in our mind. Um, Someone has once said, Worry is a thin stream of fear that trickles through the mind, which, if encouraged, will cut a channel so wide that all other thoughts will be drained out. Worry is draining and distracting and it will literally grind every ounce of joy out of your life. So what is worry? Worry is irreverent. It's irreverent because it fails to recognize who God is, that he's working. And and I'll be honest with you, this was the biggest struggle um, that I had when I was going through a little um, blip, shall we say. The biggest struggle for me was I shouldn't be worrying because I should be trusting God. And then that adds to the worry because then you're worrying about worrying because you're not trusting God. And it's just like a... You know when you throw a stone in the in, in the water and it just starts off with a little plop, little ripple, and then suddenly that ripple just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Can I say that God has not forgotten us? God has not left us in this world to fend for ourselves. You know... You all know that the Hannah lives 4,000 miles away in America, but that doesn't mean because she's so far away we never think about it every single day. Just because we might feel that God is so far removed, he hasn't stopped thinking about us. He hasn't stopped loving us. He hasn't stopped caring for us. It's impossible for God not to care for us. It's impossible for God not to love us. He knows where we are. He knows what we're going through. He knows what we're facing. He knows what we're battling. And he's the one that can give us exactly what we need to simply keep pressing forward. Worry is irresponsible. It's irresponsible because it wastes our energy. Because we spend so much time worrying and we worry about a whole host of things and it takes our energy. We don't have that energy to give. What we need to do is use that energy in a a constructive and creative way. Worry weighs us out as we saw earlier. Worry splits us in half. Worry literally chokes us. We need to recognize the fact that God is bigger than our problems. Nothing that comes into our life will ever take him off guard. Nothing that comes into our lives will the Lord say, oh no, I don't know how to cope with this. It doesn't mean that he'll always remove what we face it. But he'll always give us the peace we need to get through it. You know, when David said, Yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. What I love about that is for David to walk through the shadow of death. In order for there to be a shadow, there has to be light. The light of this world never, ever leaves us. He's always with us. Worries are religious. It's not... Worry is not caused by um, external circumstances. In the same circumstances, one man can be absolutely serene and another man can be worried to death. Both worry and serenity don't come from circumstances, but they come from the heart. Alistair MacLean quotes a story from Tolo, the German mystic. He says, one day Tolo met a beggar. God, give you a good day, my friend, Tola said. The beggar answered, I thank God I never had a bad one. Then Tola said, God, give you a happy life, my friend. I thank God, said the beggar, I am never unhappy. Tola said in amazement, what do you mean? Well, said the beggar, when it is fine, I thank God. When it rains, I thank God. When I have plenty, I thank God. When I'm hungry, I thank God. And since God's will is my will, and whatever pleases him pleases me, why should I say I'm unhappy when I'm not? Tola looked at the man in astonishment. Who are you? He asked. I am a king, said the beggar. Where is your kingdom? asked Tola. And the beggar answered quietly, In my heart. Thou wilt keep him. In perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. The beggar knew and understood the truth of Isaiah 26 and verse 3. And finally, worry is irrelevant. Why? Because it won't change a single thing. Worry won't change anything. Experts, so-called, have estimated that 40% of things that we worry about will never happen. Worry about the future is a wasted effort, and the future of reality is seldom as bad as the future of our fears. The man who feeds his heart on the record of what God has done in the past will never worry about the future. 30% of things we worry about are things from the past. So 40% of things we worry about will never happen. 30% of things uh, are from the past. The past is the past. We can't go back and change it. We haven't got a time machine. There's nothing we can do about that. 12% of our worries are about our health. And oftentimes people worry about their health even if there's nothing actually wrong with them. 10% of things we worry about are too petty and insignificant to really affect our future. That means only 8% of the things we worry about legitimately deserve our concern or our thought. We don't worry about the things we're sure of. We mainly worry about the things that we are uncertain of. And then we end up conjuring up things to worry about that will probably never happen anyway. Um, I read a story years and years and years ago um, in America, um, well, I'll, I'll explain it during the story. So a woman sat in her car and she heard what she thought was a gunshot and felt this bang on the back of her neck. So she immediately grabbed her head and felt her brains coming out. So she was sat in the car holding her brains in. Finally, somebody came and saw what was happening and the woman was petrified. What had happened was, in America, they have, um, like, jars, um, tubes of, like, cookie dough. What had happened is, this jar of cookie dough had expanded with the heat. The lid had popped and a pile of cookie dough had slapped it in the back of the head. So when she grabbed it, she thought it was her brain's And it was cookie dough. And she sat in the car, worrying to death, thinking that she was holding her brains in. But you know why we do this sometimes? Because we imagine the worst. Um, I don't know whether you are a glass half full or a glass half empty type of person. Maybe you are a glass completely empty. Type of person, maybe you're an optimist, maybe you're a pessimist. If you've worried about something, it may be because you've put too high a priority on it. What do we worry about? You know, I understand that sometimes there are genuine health issues that we go through. We think, right, how am I going to get through this? But then there are times we worry about stuff that is so insignificant. It's not going to add one bit to our cubit or our stature. The Lord said, it's, the amount you worry is not going to help you grow. So why are you worrying? Maybe you were here tonight. Maybe you struggle with worry. Maybe you can't sleep because you worry about absolutely everything. It's easy enough to turn around and say, Don't worry. I think if I stood here tonight and said, Guys, here's a revelation for you. Don't worry. You'd probably turn around and say, You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what's happening in work. You don't know what's happening with my health. You don't know what's happening in my family. You don't know what's happening in my home. You don't know what's happening. And you're absolutely right, I don't. was not fair for me to stand here tonight and say, don't worry. Shouldn't be worrying about anything. But I'm not saying that. The Lord Jesus Christ is saying, take no thought. Stop destroying yourselves with worry. Stop tearing yourselves apart with worry. Stop choking the word of God out of your life because of worry. So what do we need to do to be happy? Seeing, don't worry. So the natural thing then is to be happy. So what do we do? The Lord Jesus Christ is going to tell us exactly what to do next week. Father, we thank you so much for this day and for this time together and for this opportunity to come around your word. Lord, I know that there are people here tonight and maybe people watching online that are worrying about things in their lives right now, that have worried about things in the past, and we all have the potential to be worry in the future. Lord, we can worry about a whole host of things. We worry about things that might never even come to pass. But worry is just a way of robbing us of the joy that you have in store for us. We worry about tomorrow, and yet, the scripture says tomorrow might not even come. So Lord, you've told us to take no thought about these things, about our lives, about what we eat, about what we weigh. You've told us not to worry, tear ourselves apart, and choke the word of God out of our lives. So if that's a command from you, then Lord, we are asking for your help and your strength to be able to be obedient to that command. Lord, we recognize that worry can cause even more health issues, which then can cause us to worry about different things, and which will lead again to more and more and more worry. So, Lord, would you help us tonight? Would you give us that peace that you promised us, that peace that passes understanding? Help us, Lord, to be anxious, to be careful for nothing, but by everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let our request be made known unto God. Well, Lord, we come with a request tonight that you would cleanse our minds of the worry that has plagued us for these past weeks, months, maybe even years, and that you would replace that worry with your peace as only you can. We pray and ask these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and close our service out by singing our last hymn together. Amen. Before we close in a word of prayer, just a reminder, if you'd like to stay behind after the service for birthday fellowship, there's plenty of tea, coffee, and cakes in the fellowship hall. Um, young at heart, if you'd like to come on the 5th of July, then uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the hallway uh, for you to sign up so you know um, who to cater for. Men, if you'd like to come to the prayer breakfast on the 8th of July, again, there's a sign-up sheet in the hallway. Amen. I wonder if Jamie closes in a word of prayer. Thank you, Jamie.